Welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. We are now in August. We're about, you know, a little more than a week away from the trade deadline last week or a little more, not a ton. No, it was last Sunday. Right? Last Sunday, yeah. Oh, no, wasn't it before that? It was two weeks ago. I thought right. it was Thursday. Uh, July 30th. Remember right. the big deal about July 30th instead of July 31st, which we always have to remember now is not always July 31st. Yeah, so we had the trade down. And this is a pretty big trade deadline. A lot of big names ended up moving. I mean, the Cubs basically broke up the band from their World Series win in 2016. I mean, it's been five years removed, and they really haven't made much thunder since then. But, I mean, th- those were still the guys that really, with Rizzo and Bryant and Javi Baez, that – really helped drive them to that World Series. I kind of thought that they were also going to move uh, uh, Kyle Hendricks, maybe. They, they didn't do that. Uh, but, yeah, they you know, certainly a big Kimbrel. Kimbrel, they moved over a lot. I mean, even even the Nationals, basically two years removed from their World Series. Sell out. Sell it. Sell Scherzer. Sell, selling Scherzer didn't surprise me. He's near the end of his career. That team wasn't competing anymore. Definitely. And as much as he was a big-time National, and he will be somebody that is very fondly remembered in National history – they're such a short-lived franchise that it wasn't like he was their franchise player. He had spent Dodgers were all in, right? So you know, Scherzer for Trevor Bauer. It's just basically a straight-up exchange, <laughs> and you get Trey Turner. And that was the surprise. Unbelievable. That, that's what was the surprise sell to me that they would get rid of Trey Turner because he's young and good. Why and get not, rid of him? And not going to play shortstop. He's going to play second. Exactly. So, so that would. But then I mean, even then you had Joey Gallo going from the Rangers to the Yankees. That was a big thing. Kyle Gibson going to the Phillies and Rizzo also going to the Yankees. Really, Rizzo? Yeah, yeah, because he went with a couple. But I mean, no, Jose Barrios went from the Twins to the Blue Jays. So I mean, you had a lot of big time. You know, not this isn't the biggest free you know free free agent deadline because there have been years where we've seen like. But it might be the most. I, I mean, I just don't. Most I, high quality players moved. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think what what the theme of this podcast is going to be is uh, teams that made trading uh, deals before the trade deadline and made it to the World Series. Right? There's a dividing line that that you can go way beyond that, and there's lots of interesting deals, and we'll talk about a few of those as well. But but the, you can point to like a series of that's like t- it's like in like the ten to fifteen range of trade line deadline deals that were made, and then that team made the World Series. And in almost all of these cases the player that was traded was a big part of the reason why they made that work i guess series. it isn't always the reason for not it. the singular reason but in a lot of cases these guys were a big part of it and, and what we found by by looking back over the years and, and i think you mentioned this uh, off air is you know back back in the day if you will we go back as far as 1964 i, ha- I had trouble finding any deals in the 50s and the 40s and your point was, yeah, because trading deadline deals weren't that important then. You didn't have the salary considerations. And- well, it was, it's also you had to win the entire league. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a third-place team in modern baseball, if you're third in the NL East. You go for it. You can go for it. You have uh, multiple ways to make the playoffs. If you were fifth in the league and maybe your team was a really good starter away from There's being no wild right. card. There's no wild card. So if you trade away all your really good young players and prospects to try and hit a home run that one year and you miss, you you're finished sh- third, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, second place is just the first loser in the old in the old system. So that that's why we we went back to 1964 um when Hall of Famer Lou Brock uh, sadly passed away uh, last year. 
um, was traded from the Cubs, and the Cubs still rue this deal, you know, to this day, actually, Cub fans. Uh, and he went to the Cardinals, uh, and the Cardinals really made the World Series as much because the Phillies choked in 1964 and lost the pennant, you know, uh, to I mean, the Cardinals. Lou Brock hitting 350 with 30-plus steals in the second half of the season did help. And and they did go to the World Series, and they beat the Yankees, and so that, that deal sort of, to me, starts this process, and yet there was only two leagues at the time, so to and your that, point. And the, thing, the interesting thing about that deal is it wasn't like the Cardinals were dealing for a superstar at the time. Brock had been an okay player for the Cubs, but he wasn't what he was when he went to the Cardinals. Then. Didn't, didn't, didn't look like he was going to be a surefire hall of famer, which he was exactly. So like, it's, it's tough to fault the, the Cubs for making that trade. Cause it wasn't like you were trading like later on as we'll see prime Ricky Henderson. Right, right, right. So, you know, it, you have to go to divisional play. 1969 is the beginning of divisional play. And it took 13 years um, for Hall of Famer Don Sutton, also recently passed away, gets traded to the Brewers, and, and a lot of fans don't know that is the only time the Brewers made the World Series. Now, they lost to the Cardinals. But they made the they World made Series. They made the World Series. And, 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 and Sutton was a veteran pitcher by that time. He'd already had more than 15 but he years. A, he was a big part of like what kind of lent them an air of legitimacy, is like this is a team that can challenge for the World Series, and did. They went to seven games, right? Yes, yes, yes. It was a, it was a very, very good World Series. Um, and I think we actually talked about that in our greatest seven game World Series recently. Yeah, I think I think the, you know, the Brewers and Cardinals is, a, is an epic World Series. Um, David Cohn uh, and this this wasn't a huge deal, but because the Blue Jays not only went to the World Series when they traded for him at the trading deadline, but they won the World Series. And it was the second of two consecutive World Series wins for the Blue Jays. Now, it's interesting because I don't really have a I know David Cohn is a person I know a great deal about because he's been so involved in New York baseball mm-hmm, for so mm-hmm, long. Right. Was he actually that good of a pitcher? That's a that's a really good question. So he, he came up with the Royals, and he was a very good pitcher with the Royals. And then he moved over to our Mets, mm-hmm. um, and he had a twenty and three season for them. Because I remember he had like a couple years that we were like, this guy's a, like a legit legit pitcher. And then he had some you know weird things in in the bullpen, in New York with the fans, and I won't get into it. And he kind of fell out of favor uh, with with the Mets, not because he wasn't still a very good pitcher. Was that a talent thing? Yeah, yeah. So he moved on he ended up pitching for the Yankees and and I think no hitter for them if I'm not mistaken yes. um and and so he he has a body of work that would put him in an almost category uh, I don't know that he had a, had enough of the career stats so when to he really was traded to the Yan- to the Blue Jays in 93 that was like a big deal right he was like a, a notable pitcher going to right them. he he probably was about a 10-year guy at that point okay uh, so he had a, a veteran pitcher and he had learned he had that Laredo pitch they called it which was sort of a a, a side army curveball that that, that really was a different angle um, from from which he threw compared to everything else, and it was a very effective pitch, and uh, it got him a long way. So mm-hmm. that was a big deal for the Blue Jays because it got them their second World Series, and and then they couldn't win three years in a row because the strike year happened in '94, and there was no World Series. Hmm. So and we went quiet really for the rest of the '90s before. You got the blockbuster one in 2000 because this was obviously – you have to put this up there as one of the greatest trade deadline deals of all time. It it, it didn't seem like to to me at the time because the Yankees were already very good. Remember in 2000, the Yankees had won World Series in 96, Mm -hmm. 98, and 99. So they're trying to win another World Series in 2000. And so they had a lot of great players on the team to begin with. But Justice comes in and like you said – Well, Justice was 0-1. Yes. I'm talking about the 2000 deal that sent Schilling from the Phillies to the D-backs. Oh, okay. Because well, to yeah. me, that that needs to go up there. Because one, they traded him for like a Vincente Padilla, who I think was like an okay pitcher for a year or two. 
uh, Travis Lee, who I think had like one really good offensive year, and then a bunch of guys named Joe. Yeah, right, right. That was the bloody sock. No, that was the, no, that was the Red Sox. Was the this Red was Sox. in two thousand when he went to the Diamondbacks, right, right, and right, he right. and he and Randy Johnson combined to stop form that unstoppable one. Right, right. Punch. Basically, those two guys won the World Series. <laughs> they beat the Yankees by just being like, "We're going to win four baseball games because you cannot hit the baseball." And of course, Luis Gonzalez for it with a soft single the other way you know, off no, Mariana. No, dead River. center. It was dead center. Really? It was dead center. I thought I was over there. Positive. Over the it was dead center. No. He flared it. It was like a little looping line drive that you see just fall into center field Bernie and the problem was of course it's Bernie Williams in center field so he's not throwing anybody out at all no played. no yeah. <laughs> no he never could actually so you're right that 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 Schilling and, and and Johnson just dominated that series and that deal bringing Schilling to the D-backs won them the world series yeah, I, I think it's really hard to say anything other than that but you could argue that the one that the Yankees made for justice next year also did well, that well, that year no they got to the world the series. next year in 01 because they dealt for him in 01 and they won in 01 right no no, oh, it was the same year. I'm same sorry. Year. So he made it to the World Series. Uh, he helped them get to the World Series. It just it didn't seem like that much. I was saying only because the Yankees had been to you know three World Series in four years. But he was on. He had like over three hundred, yeah, yeah, which is weird because you didn't think he had it in him at that time, right? It, it's it's hard to to look at Justice's career without thinking somehow there was there should have been more. The guy was super talented. He had it all going, and he got married to Halle Berry. So you know, give the guy cred for making yeah. lots good of- looking, <laughs> unbelievable. But he was just hurt yeah. all the. Yeah, 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 he just yeah. c- couldn't ever a shake career the that, that could have been more for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in in '04, uh, it was the Red Sox who finally broke their their string of of no World Series since 1912. They uh, excuse me, 1918. They got Doug Mankiewicz and Orlando Cabrera, and and these were two. Not great major league players before they got to the Yankees. Cabrera probably was higher ranked no, than if, if, if I remember. Now we're talking like fifteen plus years in the past yeah, now. Yeah. But if I remember, the general discourse around this trade was more: Wow, the Red Sox are really selling low on Nomar. Yes, like they're like you're, they're really ready to move on from Nomar and his injuries. Wow, okay. But it turned out that this was actually a really smart deal. And I I really like that player, Nomar Garcia Parra. I, I thought he had an excellent career and a guy that is definitely a, underrated. A guy probably very similar to David Justice, where you look at his career and you realize, wow, if he just hadn't been hurt. And 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 so cutting ties with a guy who was very you know well liked in Boston uh, by the fans uh, was like what what are they doing? And it turns out. Well, that was just an amazing season for the Red Sox. Everything, but you know what? A big part of that was bringing in Menkevich and bringing Cabrera shored up that infield defense. Right. Menkevich was all glove, right? He was a marginal hitter. He actually, if I remember that season, had a pretty good season, pretty hitting. Good season hitting. But Cabrera was it because that was one of the one of the big knocks against Nomar is even though he was probably close to A-Rod's equal as a hitter and definitely a better overall complete body of work hitter than Jeter, he was not anywhere close to the fielder that those two were. No, and that's what you know. Had all those great shortstops at the time: Tejada, Garcia, Parra, Jeter, and you had A Rod, A Rod, you know, all of them. And fielding wise, A Rod might have been the best of them all. Which actually, which is wild to think about. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, and, and a couple of years later, um, the Rangers uh, get four prospects from the Braves from Mark Teixeira. Um, that really kind of, you know set Teixeira into the upper echelon players of the game because he had some amazing years with Texas. Oh yeah. So that sent him to when he went to the Braves, he kind of became a household name at that point because now he was not playing for a he was not the best player on a not great team. Right. 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 
Um, and then, um, you know, the, the Rangers sort of come, come to uh, a lot of this because Cliff Lee, and this is just a weird thing I, I, we found on Cliff Lee. So he's on the Indians um, in 2009. He gets traded to the Phillies. And the Phillies go on and they win the World Series. Cliff Lee was a big part of that. Huge, big game pitcher for them. So the next year, Cliff Lee is on the Phillies and he gets traded to the Rangers and they go to the World Series. They don't win it. So he gets traded to two different World Series teams. So you could say he was a big reason two (laughs) different franchises made the World Series in back-to-back years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I just thought, you know, Cliff Lee, you know, again, another pitcher who, you know, was a really good pitcher for a long time and kind of like, a career like Cole Hamels a little bit, you know, you, you like respect, didn't want to face this guy, um, had a, a big body of work uh, and not quite an all time pitcher. Obviously. I, I mean, I remember you had that trio at the top of that Phillies rotation in the early 2010s with Halliday, Cliff Lee and um, what was the one you just said? Uh, Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels. That was a powerful trio. They yeah. were good. Yeah. yeah, that was tough. Yeah, yeah. And Jimmy Rollins, who just killed the Mets. So um, anyway, um, and and you jump to 2015, and you have two deals here. That's the same year, right? That, that, that awesome. both powered both of these teams to the World Series. This is the wrong one. World of World Series. <laughs> yes, we're still we're still Mets fans here in this podcast. So if you if it you still hurts if you don't know if you don't. Know. I, I still remember driving home from work, listening to Game One when Alex Gordon hit that home run off of Familia, and I knew right then. We're not going to win the World Series. Yeah, well, I knew I knew as soon as he hit the home run. But they got to the World Series in large part uh, because the Mets did of Cespedes. Oh, 100 percent. He was the he was the engine of that team. That was 17 home runs in 57 games. I mean, that's just, you know, off the charts, good at the most important time. Um, And and the Mets were, were a very good team that year. And the Royals just did everything right to win the World Series. Picking up Cueto at the trade deadline, genius move. It it, it didn't seem like a, a really important because Cueto was a good pitcher, but he threw a he shutout was, in the World Series. So now, yeah. now Ben Zobris comes in and hits 300 and plays great defense. So, you know, just every, but that's what wins World Series. That's what, those trade deadline deals for Zobris and Cueto made the difference at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, I think the two of them, right? Any either one of them wouldn't have been enough. The two guys was were enough well, to were push enough, them over the were top. Enough, and that was a team on a mission. Yes, yes. Um, and so that happened again the very next year, where the two teams that made the World Series um, made had big trade deadline deals. And it was interesting because it was both for the same type of player; they just used them differently. So Andrew Miller, uh, and, and to your point, to the Indians, and Andrew Miller, you know, you're right because what was unique about Andrew Miller? They didn't use him as a closer. They were uh, the, what, what was the thing they said? He's like, they, we use him as a weapon. Like basically yeah. the idea was we will use Andrew Miller wherever in the Not game. Not Andrew Miller, no. Is the highest leverage situation. Now what's wild is he was unhittable in that postseason and then kind of regressed after that. Well, and, and and as is the guy that also got traded um to the Cubs from the Yankees. Um and that No, he's is, back with the Yankees uh, now. Uh, no, uh, right, right. A rolled as Chapman, right, who's out there in game seven and he blows it. And then the Cubs come back and win it anyway. Mm-hmm. So even though you know they traded for a guy who was a dominant closer in the game in the biggest moment, he didn't get it done. No, and and that's been a knock against Chapman, and especially for Yankee fans after being with Rivera, where Rivera really only has that one game seven hit 
Yes, a soft, a, a soft a single, single to center, to as center. you say. <laughs> yeah, against Luther. That's really the only knock against Rivera in his postseason career. And it wasn't even like he threw a bad pitch. Luis Gonzalez just had an excellent at bat. So, I, w- I was at the ballpark um, in 2000 when uh, Piazza hit the fly ball off of Rivera that didn't go out. The one that was like... It's, it's go. Oh, it's not going. Like the guy catches it literally against the wall. So that was a that was a moment uh, in favor of Rivera there. Just another one of his many. And I, and I think it's interesting because as you continue going down this list, the next two are interesting for wildly different reasons. One because of everything else besides the trade, and two because I didn't realize this was apparently a big deadline deal, and I didn't know it would made a huge difference for them. Yeah. So did you look this up? Because I didn't. I didn't. So I really want to hear about this. So first, we're going to talk about the one. One where it's just like, yeah, they made the move, but nobody cares. And that's the Astros trading for Verlander in 2017. Because people forget that that happened. Right, right. And 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 they were trying to make this deal. And the trading deadline has, they have to sign the deal by limit. And they're sending documents and stuff. And so Kate Upton is intercepting the faxes at the Verlander house. 59, Verlander signs it. And, and actually, he is going to be the answer. I'm going to give everybody a preview to the uh, almost Cooperstown trivia question this this week. Oh. Which is uh, because J.R. Richard passed away. Uh, this New former week, Astros great pitcher. Great pitcher and had uh, 300 strikeouts multiple times in the major leagues. Um, it made me think, who is the last guy to have, to have 300 strikeouts in the major leagues. And it was Verlander. It's down now, oddly enough, that season he wasn't the only guy on his own team to have 300 strikeouts. See, I was going to get Scherzer as the other Scherzer guy. Scherzer has had 300, but, but not since Verlander. Not since he did it in 19, I think. Okay. And and his teammate Garrett Cole, now a Yankee, also struck out 300 just before him. So he's the second to Wait, last no. Night. If if Scherzer did it in 19, no. Sure, I mean, Verlander and Cole did. Did in 19, so Scherzer must have done it in like 18 or right. something. It was like okay, 18 okay, okay. for Scherzer. Because yes. I was going to say, well, wait a second. There is no way Cole and Verlander took out 320. But certainly Verlander, you know, going to the Astros, um, they were a really good team. Call them whatever you want. And, and, and say what you want about the cheating. Right. Those garbage cans didn't help Verlander pitch. No, <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. So the next year, and, and this is so I didn't know this was like a meaningful deal in this Red Sox World Series run. Yeah, I, and it's hard because as a player, Steve Pierce is is not a household name. Even he's not today. A, you would not consider him a needle mover. But you know, he's a guy people are aware of, and he just had a really good stretch for the Red Sox, and was just the jolt they needed uh, to win the World Series. Basically, they got there and they won, and on, on as much and, and with it, his energy. And I think it really helped because wasn't Poppy occasionally playing first base that season because they didn't really have anybody, and then after that, he was able to just go DH, and everybody forgets that. David Ortiz had one of the greatest final seasons of his career. Like, we should honestly do an episode about yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah, Greatest final seasons of a career because Ortiz was like a 15, 16-year veteran at that point, maybe more. He hit like 330 with 38 home runs and it drove in 110 RBIs. Usually guys in the final season of their career – don't do stuff like that. You could do a whole episode of Big Poppy just because of what he was in Min- or what he wasn't yeah, in Minnesota. Nobody would have expected the guy when he went from Minnesota to the Red Sox to end up being what he oh, was. I learned how to hit. No, I learned how to hit a lot. Yeah, <laughs> big time. So, um, and we we didn't cover some significant trade deadline deals um, because their teams didn't make it to the World Series. But we'd be remiss in not mentioning uh, just. The four of them or so. Yeah. So uh, the first one, and I remember this because of the guy he was traded for. So Doyle Alexander was a good major league pitcher, not a great major league pitcher. And he got but a tra- good one. He got traded to the Tigers in 1987 um, for John Smoltz. Well, 
John Smoltz wasn't, you know, thought of as, you know, being good. He was a, a prospect, probably. He was, he was or a, a young good, pitcher. He was a good pitcher. It looks like he had some promise uh, and all that. But Doyle gets traded, and the Tigers win the uh, division, and they lost the ALCS to the Twins, who went on to win the World Series. But that was one of the first deals, like, wow, they're going all in. I'm thinking, Doyle Alexander's going that's, all that's in. That's your all-in <laughs> move. <laughs> so, um, and the very next year, uh, excuse me, uh, 11 years later, the big unit. Yeah, because he went to the Astros and he was dominant for them. So uh, ten and one, he went for the uh, the Astros. Uh, and what people forget is that that the the Padres went to the World Series that year and lost to the Yankees. Behind uh, who? Who was their big pitcher? Was it Kevin Brown? Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown, the guy nobody wanted to face. I think we talked about because I always think I always think of Brown as either a Dodger or a Marlin. I don't know. Did Brown pitch much for the Dodgers? I thought he did. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I know. I know. Obviously, he was a Marlin. Uh, yeah, and, and pitched there for. for and he a was while. a Yankee too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Randy Johnson, you know, definitely led led the uh, the Astros far as he could, but they couldn't win the NLCS. And then six years later, it happens again. Yeah. When they trade for Beltran at the trade deadline, trading for him from the Royals. And Beltran goes on to put one of the greatest shows in the ALCS and NLCS that we've ever seen. Yeah, he had eight homers combined between the NLDS and LCS, not unlike Daniel Murphy in 2015. Right, who had, went bonkers, except unlike Murph, Beltran did not make the World he Series. He did not make the World Series. He fell just short. So, um, and by the way, we haven't talked about this, and maybe we should sometime. So Beltran, Hall of Famer? I'd really have to do a deep dive on him. I don't know his career stats enough, well enough off the top of my head. Well, you know he's got 400 home runs. You know he's got 400 you know home runs. You know he's a multiple gold, gold glove lover. winner. He's he, probably, he's the kind of guy that says, this is the problem when a guy like this isn't in the Baseball Hall of Fame. When we can't decide whether or not Carlos Beltran deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, we're probably a bit too stringent on the entrance requirements. Again, a recurring theme on this podcast is there are 300 total people, that includes umpires, 333 or 335 in the Hall of Fame. Owners, coaches. Out of the 20,000 people that have played Major League Baseball, you could probably have a few more. It would be okay. You could could double it. it (laughs) You could. You don't even have to double it. Add 50 more. And it would make a huge difference. That's only 15% more. You'd have a a, a big difference. So, uh, and and it's funny, the first deal I thought about, and I bet you did too, what are the biggest trading deal deadlines? Was this deal. Yeah. Even though it didn't get them to the (laughs) World Series, it was such – this was like – I think this was when we really saw teams start to be like, okay, all inning on a big trade deadline right. deal is worth it for and us. And I, I think everybody knew that, that the Brewers in 2008 were going all in. When? When they went and traded for CC Sabathia. And CC was great for them. I mean, he, he was so good. They were talking about how he might deserve the NL Cy Young right, for half right, only season. pitching for like right, – right. Yeah, 13, 13 decisions, 11 and 2 with a 165 ERA and 17 starts. So that is half a season. And through seven, seven complete games. Like just dominant. Yeah, yeah. And 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 unfortunately he could not pitch every day. Um and and they they were unable to uh, make it to the World Series. I mean, they gave up four prospects, but only like and the thing is, I don't like evaluating these deals on the aspect of what the players turn into because you're not making this deal as a team giving up the prospects with the idea of what those prospects might turn into in mind. 
Yeah, and, and the prospect you're talking about was Michael Brantley, who obviously is a, a fine major player. league baseball player. But the Brewers weren't thinking about what those guys could be when they made this deal. This deal was to make them in 2008 a playoff team, which it did. And Brantley was good for the Indians, but he kind of has been even better since he went over to the Astros. Right. A, a more contributing you know, player to, uh, to their success. So what what this kind of shows pattern-wise, as we, as we talked about, 2015 through 18 and even this season is that these trade deadline deals are going to happen more often because of the uh, contract situations trying to move money off payrolls uh, teams become sellers and as you correctly pointed out the opportunity to make the playoffs now with two wild cards and three divisions you know that that's a big difference you don't have to win your, you don't you only get to be not one team there's five chances instead of one chance and, in, your the, in a way you can look at it as since 2000 there have been 20 world series Nine of the eventual winners have made a trade deadline deal with two other teams making a trade deadline deal to get there. So over half of those, like a close to like 50% of the winners made a trade deadline deal. I think that just tells you how effective and important it is. And, and I'm, I'm sad to say that this season for our Mets, the it, it may not be working out because since the Mets traded for Javi Baez, they're they've like, oh, gone wait. in the tank. They're two and eight in their last 10 uh, as we record this on a Sunday. And the Yankees... Con- uh, conversely, have played very well and are right. all of a sudden Making a move heading back in it. Doesn't guarantee you that you'll ha- win, get to the World Series, but a lot of eventual World Series winners did make a move. And your fan base appreciates that you at least tried, right? So if you just, if you would have sat pat as the Mets, stood pat as the Mets, it would have been a bad look. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Steve Cohen, I thought he was a guy who was going to spend money and he doesn't do anything. So you kind of forces the hand of the organization to do something, even if that's, you know, and granted, Baez is on a, you know, on a one year deal, ostensibly. He's, He's a, a rented rental. player. So whether or not he stays with the Mets or not, you know, it, it's, it's, this is basically an all in for this season. And they didn't give up that much. So um, we'll see more of these deals. Uh, I, I imagine they'll even. I don't know if it'll be yearly because sometimes somebody won't make a make a, a deal at the trading deadline and make the World Series because they just didn't have a significant deal to make. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cool.